But my girl's different. That's what we're going to be discussing on this episode of the podcast. Now, I often hear from guys out there that, well, my girl is just different. So what you're telling me, I just don't know if it's going to work. Or I hear, I know my girl. She would never do that. And what you're telling me is interesting, but I know her and this, that just won't work. Or I hear, well, you know, I'm dating a lot of girls and they're all different and they all have different personalities, so this, this wouldn't be helpful to me. And the question is, is this true? Are these statements true? And of course, every human being is unique and special. Every woman is unique, wonderful, and special in her own special way. She has gifts to share with the world. However, personality and identity how people behave and act, their interests, their passions, is far different than how emotions are handled in the human brain. And emotions are the foundation for love and loving feelings. All right, so what we're going to do on this episode of the podcast is get into the science of things and understand the difference between personality and identity and how they're controlled in the brain and emotions and how emotions are triggered and controlled. We're going to talk about the brain structure and where personality and identity lie versus emotions. We're going to talk about some basic emotions and how they work and how they're triggered. Then we're going to go through a couple examples to demonstrate the power of basic emotions and how they are much more powerful than personality and identity when it comes to love and feeling safe and things like that. All right, so let's get into the details here. Uh, Personality and identity are found within the frontal lobe of the brain. This is where cognitive thinking, logical thinking happens. Um, and personality identity is a construct of a number of things, your, your genes, your DNA, your experiences, your environment, your growing up, your parents, all those things will impact uh, your personality and your identity. Emotions are found in the amygdala and these are hardwired universally um, elements and things that are processed by the amygdala in a very powerful way as we're going to talk about. Let's get into how, how this works and how emotions function in the brain. The hypothalamus in the human brain is like the radar. It detects external stimuli. So if I am uh, somebody and I see an angry face, my hypothalamus picks up the signal, it sends it to my amygdala, my amygdala assigns an emotion to that stimuli. And if I see an angry face, I I might get scared or fearful. The amygdala then sends a message to the frontal cortex and it says, make a decision. Now what you gotta remember, the amygdala has about 10 times the number of neuron receptors as the cortex. The amygdala is super, super powerful. It overwhelms the cortex. 
It says make a decision. We have hardwired um, decision-making basis. So for example, if I'm experiencing fear, I might run, I might play dead, I might get aggressive to fight back. I go through my options, which can be impacted by my prior life experiences, and I make a decision. And so the amygdala assigns emotions to external stimuli, then a decision is made through the frontal cortex, and you go forward. Most of these decisions that are being made are unconscious, pre-conscious decisions that have been hardwired into human beings based upon the context of the situation. As you go through life's experiences, and you experience trauma, for example, or fearful events, it can condition your responses to be more extreme or less extreme, but most people's reactions will be found on a continuum of events. So for example, if I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life, I will likely be much more sensitive to fear and threats and respond in a much more profound way. I might get more aggressive or I might become much more voidant to avoid fear. But the reactions will be found on a continuum. These reactions to, to fear or to whatever is the, the stimuli tells us that it is, again, are very pre-conscious, subconscious things. They have very little to do with personality and identity. So now let's go back and answer the question. Is my girl different? Yes, when it comes to personality and identity. Yes, when it comes to how people uh, react to external stimuli with an emotion. No. Um, human beings are universal in that construct. So, let's go through an example. When I tell somebody, do not call out, expose your girlfriend or wife when they do certain things, there is a reason why. Because when you call out a female, so to speak, they will likely experience the feelings of being exposed, violated, and they may feel threatened, they may feel fear, they may feel anger, and any one of those emotions, if she feels it for you, will be a negative towards you. Now, if you just do it once, it's probably not that big a deal. But if you have a pattern of exposing your wife or girlfriend for things that she does, or, or you think she's lying to you or not telling you something, it will build up and build up and build up until she can't take it anymore and she probably won't be with you. The lesson to learn from this is that you can learn specific behaviors and uh, learn not to do specific behaviors that will um, result in either positive emotions from your partner towards you or negative emotions from your partner towards you. If you avoid doing negative things, like for example, don't be needy, don't be controlling, don't quote unquote call out your girlfriend or wife. If you don't do those things, it's highly likely she will have less negative emotions towards you and more positive ones. If you do positive behaviors, praising your girlfriend or your wife, um, interacting in, with her in ways where you're not calling out her, your, her suspected lies, 
if you are open and positive towards her and smiling and embracing her, if you're making her feel safe and you're gentle. Those will elicit positive emotions towards you and those things will precipitate feelings of love. Alright, so let's get into basic emotions. Paul Ekman talks about basic emotions and he says there's basically six. Other people say there's more. But these are the most fundamental emotions and they are anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. And as Paul talks about, these are all hardwired. You have an external stimuli, your hypothalamus picks it up, your amygdala assigns an emotion, fear, anger, happiness little control over that. It's what you feel. So let's go back to this again. Are all females and all human beings different? Yes and no. Personality, identity, yes. Emotions and how we perceive external stimuli with emotions, no. All right, let's go through a couple examples to further demonstrate this. Let's talk about expectations. Expectations and dopamine are linked and interwoven tightly together. If I exceed my girlfriend's expectations on any one situation, she will then feel better about me because her dopamine is increased. If I am not meeting my girlfriend's expectations, she will experience a dopamine decrease and she will feel worse about me. All right, that's a universal construct. It has nothing to do with personality or identity. So let's go through a scenario. Say I've been dating a girl and she, we have a date set up, we've planned it and for whatever reason she cancels. Now before she cancels, what, she's think, what is she thinking? She's thinking oh, he's gonna be upset and is he gonna understand and I don't wanna do this and I don't want conflict and I don't want a whole bunch of stuff but I just, I, have to, I can't do this date. So she cancels and she's expecting um, you know, bad reaction. She thinks the guy will be disappointed. There might be some potential conflict. She's not sure. All right, now if you're positive in response to her canceling and you give her an easy out, you make it easy for her, when she expected you to give her a little bit of a hard time, she will then feel better about you because she gets a dopamine increase. You've exceeded her expectations. If you make it hard on her and give her a hard time about canceling and you're kind of you're joking around but you're seriously and she can tell you're disappointed then that makes her feel worse about you because she's thinking god this was already hard enough for me to do I didn't want to do it now he's making this harder it'll make her feel more negatively about you if you've been dating for a month and you've had a few dates and this is the first time this has happened does this mean she's gonna stop dating you oh, not necessarily but if she starts to see a pattern of behavior where you're acting like this, it then becomes a warning sign and then she says, I have to make a decision about whether to continue dating this guy or not. All of these types of things are compounded over time, they add up. It, usually it's not one event that ends a relationship or ends dating. Well, if, you're, if you've only been dating a couple weeks and something happens, it could end things, right? The longer two people are together, the more it takes to break them up. All right, so that's expectations in dopamine, hardwired, pre-conscious, 
has nothing to do with personality and identity. So if I'm giving you advice or talking to you about dating or working with your partner and we're talking about expectations, this is how it works. Personality and identity, nothing to do with it. Let's go through another example on the basic emotion of disgust. And disgust is a basic emotion. You think about it like this. I'm e eating a plate of flu food. I see a fly or a bug in my food. I have food in my mouth. I spit it out. I'm like, I'm disgusted. That's gross. That's a basic emotion. It's involuntary. Uh, my reaction to it is an unconscious uh, action. Now, my hypothesis has long been that needy men, or men that have needy behaviors um, or some feminine behaviors that are, that are too strong for, for what a woman would want, would appear to be disgusting to females. And the reason would be if I'm too needy, um, that signals to the female that maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I'm sickly. Maybe I'm, I'm not doing well. Why am I acting like this? Why, why is he so needy? And guess what? The research on this backs that up. So here's research from DeBrine in 2010. And what uh, their research showed is that women who report higher levels of pathogen disgust show stronger preferences for masculinity in men. And what are pathogens? Bacteria and viruses. So let's think about this. Women who are more sensitive to pathogen and pathogen disgust show higher preferences for masculinity. So that means that men who are behaving less masculine are somehow signaling to females that they are carriers of pathogens. Which goes back to what I said, needy, kind of overly feminine behavior signals to women that something is wrong with you, you're sickly, and thus they reject you. And so many times what happens in a relationship over time, and you know, this is how relationships go. I meet a woman, I start dating her, I make sure I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm showing her all my positive sides. Once I get comfortable and think that we're together in mind, I start exposing her to my bad default habits. Perhaps I'm needy or I'm controlling. I start to expose my needy behavior to her and it compounds and compounds and compounds and she gets frustrated and frustrated and she starts pulling away and she ends the relationship because of it. That's some, something that would happen in a relationship. What we want to do as, as men in relationships is we want to understand and condition ourselves, create positive behavioral habits that lead to our partners feeling positively and having positive emotions about us. We want them to feel happiness. We want them to feel surprise and elation and, and love. Now, love is a complex emotion that sits on the outer edge. Basic emotions are on the inner circle. And so it's, it's, it's an emotions of love are triggered by a, num a, a, a number of other basic emotions and more complex emotions evolving together. We know 
Love is triggered by a series of things that cause increases in oxytocin, vasopressin, serotonin, dopamine, and it's the confluence of those different neurotransmitters and chemicals in our brain that make us feel in love. So we had another podcast talk, we talked about, I can't make her, can I make her love me? And we talked about how you use specific behaviors to trigger positive emotions in your partner. Now, you can't make somebody love you, but if you understand how to behave in appropriate ways to elicit positive emotions from your partner, making them feel safe, special, making them feel, um, have high self-worth, you're praising them, you're behaving in ways that make them feel excited and you're growing in the relationship together and they feel comfortable around you, then it's much more likely that they will eventually have loving feelings for you. All right, so back to the beginning here, but my girl's different. The answer is yes and no. Personality-wise, identity-wise, yes. Emotionally-wise, no. Are emotions on a continuum? Yes, based upon prior experiences as we talked about, but emotions are hardwired. Basic emotions are really hardwired and the amygdala is much more powerful than the frontal lobe when it comes to the interaction between emotions and decisions being made about what to do on those. All right, so there's the answer to the question. We hope you found this podcast to be useful. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Climbing Henge.